brain to you this morning. Well done. Mm -hmm. Well Because we are going to be using our <laughs> human brains to understand the horse brain. So it's going to be a freaking most outstanding live today. I'm so excited. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm pumped because what we every year we have a a conference for our facilitators where because learning we got to keep learning because what do, we've said this to you guys lots but the day you stop learning is the day you die you take your the dirt, dirt nap, nap. <laughs> i knew that was coming <laughs> so we got to always make sure that we're still learning expanding our knowledge and it always still has to be about how are we taking the welfare of our horses into account in all that we do in equine assisted learning so the speakers that we had this year were outstanding freaking mind remarkable yeah like like the horse side of things, the energy side of things, like all of it was just phenomenal. We don't even know how to take all of the information that we've no. learned and bring it to all of you, but and, we really believe we should. <laughs> and you know, the best part is it's, it's science and it's research. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're the most proud of and everything we do at the equine connection. It's not fluffy. It's not, we hope this happens. It's not, I'm not sure why this is happening. No, we have clear understandings of what that horse and how they think act and respond are helping us to be the best facilitators we can be these are the whys mm -hmm. so for all of you analytical thinkers and like well non-analytical like i don't know i think we all want a why why does yeah. this happen right this is what this is the science gives us the why behind everything so we're very very pumped to share some of this information with you but as we go through and you hear something you will. Like a dog barking in the background. No. <laughs> when you hear something that you're like, wow, that's crazy. Because the first piece we bring in is going to just blow your mind. Right? Every part. We should have this hashtag, holy jumping tuna fish, throughout this entire thread. That's exactly right. Because you're going to be blown away. Because you don't know what you don't know until you do know. And we just learned this like last week. Yeah. Yeah. We have notes <laughs> so yeah. that we don't mess it up. But this really throw in the hashtag, holy jump into the fish. And we'll keep bringing you more knowledge too. But we always like to know what really is the thing that's going to get you guys excited about all of this stuff. Get your dopamine flowing. Oh, good old dopamine. That's right. And of course, if you know anybody else in your life, dog's going to drive me crazy. But if you know anybody else in your life that you think this would be great information, or maybe they'd want to know more about horses, share, share, share this out. Because we do want to get more information about horses and about their welfare across the globe. That's really what our end game is here. The mission is because yeah. the more we share, the more we help each other globally around the world to know the horse at a better level, the more we all succeed, the safer the horse is, the safer the humans are. It's, it's just such a win-win situation. And, and two, we do like to know who we are talking to. That's Dakota. She's Pyrenees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She Maybe likes I should a lot. close this window. Dakota, we're on a live, honey. I don't think she cares, but we're going, she did pay attention when I said that. So would you like to know who we're chatting with as well? So let us know who you are, where you're from, so that we can do a quick shout out to you as well. And then of course, share this out because sharing is in fact yes, caring. That's right. That's right. And in this case, it really is because we care about our horses. Yes. This next piece. Good morning, Lisa. This next piece is our hashtag. Of course, we are life changers and we're not just talking about us. We're talking about you guys. We're talking about our horses. We're talking about the fact that every single being living being on this planet has the ability to positively impact somebody else's life. We have the opportunity to change lives. And I do have to give you just a small example of 
by what we are referring to in all living beings. Hmm. We have a facilitator, Molly Baxter. She has maple trees. This, I am not a maple syrup kind of human, never have been, really has not even really enjoyed the flavor. Well, one time when we were training, she gave me one syrup you'll ever have. And both my honey and I, I still have some left because I save it because it is the best syrup really? I have ever tasted in my life. And I truly believe it's again, her trees are life changers because she does. She works with them and she, she loves them. And I just think that's so beautiful because intention and what we're sending out in that love, whatever it may be, it really does make a difference to all of us. Yes. That's amazing. Hmm. Frozen had the least success. Oh, like the frozen maple syrup. Do you have you heard about what they do? Oh, I thought, you, I thought you were talking. The screen was frozen. Oh, maybe she is. No, I think it's the maple syrup what? because you have like that's something they do. In the oh, country, I did that in school, snow. and you would put it on the snow and, and you eat roll it. it up. Yeah, but yeah. no, no, it wasn't really a good maple syrup kind of chicken. <laughs> Um, also, if you're catching this on replay, do let us know who you are, where you're from. Nice. And if there's any other questions we can answer for you, check them in too and let us know that you watched it on replay so we can come back and say hello and answer your questions as well. Okay. And then the last piece too. Oh, you were frozen in the screen. Oh, okay. I was really hoping it wasn't a technical <laughs> issue. I, I'm assuming we're back now though, because you said that. Yes. So that exactly. should be good. So for those of you, oh, we're on the wrong side now. That's weird. Hey? It is weird. Any hoodle. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Carolyn Charles. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the director of sales and marketing, as well as an instructor and facilitator for the Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assistant Learning, Inc. Now I'm going to try that. Oh, okay. Look at you that go. is, I could do it this way. <laughs> you concentrated when, so yeah, I did. Woo. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Hi everyone. Yeah. My name is Carrie Fulmick, the founder of the Equine Connection and master instructor, helping people globally around the world do what we do. And that is the greatest job on living earth. And, and I still have to say, you know, 15 years into this, there's not a day that I don't wake up and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. So few people on this earth they will die before they try and reach their dreams. And I just think, you know, putting yourself out there to try to make a dream come true. And I'm telling you, working with horses and then helping a human being to be able to move forward in their own lives. But because we allow our beautiful teachers, the horses to literally do the teaching in our programs. And we just allow those humans to be able to come up with their, their choice and their, empowerment and what the decision would be for them because the number one thing we always work with is safety mm -hmm. number one thing for the horse and number one thing for our clients and if we can keep our horses safe then we can keep our clients safe so it's just such a win-win like i seriously can't believe you can make a living doing what you absolutely beyond absolutely love and being connected to earth and and living things it really is quite, sometimes it's so overwhelming in that beautiful feeling of love and joy. Oh, that's oxytocin. I'm learning so many things about yeah. what our brain naturally does. It's just so, so, so very, very cool. And even how it relates in the horse brain, but it truly is a life altering change when you see a horse 
affect a human in such a way that is the human that does the change and all by themselves showing themselves as that beautiful unique and gifted human so it really has been an absolute pleasure and joy to be in this industry for so long the journey has been phenomenal right it truly has like just for the horse side of things for the human side of things for what other people get out of it for what we've gotten out of it it's just it's just been an amazing journey mm, that's but a nice let's, side let's get into the brain yeah is there anybody else out there right now I mean, there are i want to know you because you want to know about this brain stuff that we are going to be throwing out for you to be able to work with your horses now it like it's us so exciting so it tells us that people are watching us but then you won't tell us who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah are we getting creepy is that what it is? yeah i think so i think so any hoodle so i think we should start out with this horse brain thing that we thought for years and years yeah and that's a fallacy about the horse mm -hmm. brain itself being a walnut not nut size or a little <laughs> bit size. or a little bit larger and i don't understand how google could have got it so wrong and we've heard this many many but many from many, many, many different many times places. And places it's not it's bigger it's, than that it's it's quite a nice size i mean definitely not human size. smaller than ours yeah definitely not and it is a smaller brain for sure but i mean it, it is quite a nice size like i wish we could have shown the uh the picture of it yeah like uh, like i thought that's what a kidney would be like <laughs> Oh, well, like I don't know. I haven't really even seen it. But, but yeah, bigger than a walnut for sure. So yes. something to keep in mind, because I think when we put that, even that connotation that it's only the size of a walnut, you think, well, how much thought can they have? And they can do amazing, amazing things with their brain, but they do not have a human brain. And that is a huge point. We have to always remember they cannot think and act like us ever. It's impossible. Impossible. So we're going to kind of go over four major points today that will help you. I, I like it will help you today. It will help you to work with your horse, no matter what level at what place you are at those horses that you cannot catch or capture as Chris Irwin would say, because yeah. we don't want to capture our horses. We definitely want to catch, but catching without treats, catching in a way that the horse understands our language and bringing in mm -hmm. that curiosity and what it is. So like you catch a ball. Yes. Right. Yeah. Catch a ball by grabbing it like that. Oh, from Leduc. Yes. Oh yeah. I like Leduc. No, you were from Leduc. I always get Leduc mm. and Lacombe all messed oh, up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are different. I know. Yeah. Leduc <laughs> yeah. is just before Edmonton. Welcome. Yes, but I did, I did live there. For yes, a you did. Yeah, exactly. Sure so the first thing that we discovered now, here's the most amazing thing. This comes from a doctor who is a neurologist, but he also started studying the the horse brain. Yeah, he because he, he had was such a human passion. doctor. Yes. yes, and had such a passion for horses. He just kind of brought the two together. Like it, it boggles my mind how much facts, I guess, for lack of a better term, that he has given us about how the horses brain the whys again. Because it's so exciting to know why did they do this this way? Right. Why do they think that way? Why? 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 And he answered. Kind of a whole questions. lot and yeah. i think well maybe there's five points because i think the number one thing you should write down and i would so take notes on this one or definitely keep pressing replay is the number one thing is we really have to stop putting our humanness onto a horse it doesn't exist a horse you're cold you think a horse is cold it doesn't roll that way you're sad you think the horse is sad no it it's doesn't not a mirror roll situation. that way so we really have to understand first of all 
no humanness goes on to a horse. We're prey, we're predator, and there's two substantial differences between those species. So that would be the first huge, huge piece as you're going through this today. Um, then we have our disrespect piece. Now, this is very, very interesting because I know even for us teaching our courses and helping people to do what it is that we do, we talk of the word respect and disrespect. Mm -hmm. We still want our horses to be respectful, uh, blah, 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 blah. We've all heard this, but I do have to say, and it was a long time ago, I I heard Warwick Schiller say something about that respect piece. And I'm like, I've got to learn learn it better because I shouldn't be using these kinds of verbiages anymore, but I haven't done it. I procrastinated, but I thought Dr. Steven Peters said it so amazingly well that horses don't know disrespect. It's only us humans who understand that because their brain doesn't think in that abstract way. And disrespect is abstract. Well, when you think about it too, if a kid is disrespectful, it's because they know better right? Like when yes. a kid does something that's disrespectful, it's because they should know better. Yes. We don't go to a different place when the kid doesn't know better yet, right? Like a baby, we don't say that baby is super disrespectful because they don't know better yet. Mm -mm. Horses are at that same place. It's too abstract of a thought for them to actually know that I'm being, hey, I'm going to be respectful right now, or I'm going to be disrespectful right now. So taking, and this is a hard one. It really is. It is. takes the terminology of disrespectful out of our mouths and yes. figure out, okay, so what does this stuff actually mean if they're coming into our space or if they're doing something we would normally term disrespectful, how do we rewire this in our brains to be able to figure out a different way of thinking with it? Because, because that's really what it is. And, and it's true. And we as the humans have caused yeah. the horse to go to this disrespectful place, which they don't know that they're doing. So we are the ones who are at fault to even be able to use that terminology disrespectful because yes. I see that's human to human and now we're laying it on the horse, but we did something to create that disrespect now that we now have to change inadvertently, right? Yeah. It's not like some be some, disrespectful to me, some. but majority of the time I would say, well, yeah, because if you don't know, you don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. but you know, there's lots of times where people would tag that disrespectful on, but you're inadvertently bringing somebody like, the horse into your space or you've trained them in some way inadvertently to come into your space that way. So we have to really remember a lot of this, well, like so many things falls on us, right? It really, really, really does. Cause they can only think and act like a horse. That's guys. it. That's it. And you know, when you keep it that simple, it actually allows us to get out of our own stuff. Cause remember we overthink horses are the feelers. They feel everything. So they, feel that stimulus. They feel us as humans being confused all the time because we think something, we feel something, and then we act a different way or we don't act at all. We're just confused as yes. we're moving through that process. So if you put this label of disrespect on our horses, that gives us the opportunity to justify punishment. Mm. Now, isn't that a weird Isn't that big? It? Like that's huge, yeah. right? So there's no role for punishment in learning was one of the things that we were taught in this too. So it's, if we justify punishment, that's like saying that, you know, we don't spank our kids for not understanding how to learn math properly right away. Right. They have or to we learn shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't. <okay? laughs> yeah. But just like we wouldn't reprimand or punish a baby for not knowing how to walk yet. Yeah. Right. Those things just don't fall into place. So if we are using this term of disrespect and saying this horse is being disrespectful, we are justifying punishment. Yes. 
So when you think about that, because none of us would ever think of like that we're punishing our horses. And I hope that people don't think, oh, that horse really pissed me off yesterday. Today I'm putting it in a stall for 14 hours. Right? Yeah, well, like, no, again, I hope not. That's, that's not I how don't, we're going to. Think. I don't think yeah. they do. <laughs> no. So to, oh, good morning, Michelle. And I love, we're getting the jumping tuna fishes in. Darn culture. Tuna. That's my next thing to learn so I can know more about them. That's yes, perfect. It's huge. The more we know. I see that star come across the screen right? all the time. But yeah, this was a huge one when he said that. And that's Dr. Stephen, or yeah, Stephen yeah. Peter's biggest thing is the humans always placing this label of disrespect on horses when we truly as the humans have created that because a horse doesn't know just because he's coming into you or wanting something. He's not thinking, okay, I'm going to show them that this is disrespectful. Yeah, watch me. Look what I'm doing. Yeah. Look what I'm so doing. We, we've done something to encourage that. And, and we're talking obviously the kind where maybe a horse runs in and you kind of get knocked off balance, like something like that, obviously, yeah. but we still created that component because the horse doesn't know any different. And if you've watched your horses before, Man, do they bump into each other quite a few times. Well, even scratching. Like you think of one thing that always pops into my head is, uh, you know, being used as a scratching post. Yeah. Because that's something I would have always deemed as disrespectful previously. But now I'm going to take the word out of my face. But they aren't doing that because they're coming in to be disrespectful. They've got an itch. <laughs> right? And right. At some point, I have construed to them in some way that that's what I could be there for for yeah. them at that moment. So what's to say that I haven't created the stacked memory previously that allows them to think that instead of actually thinking you're not being disrespectful. This is just what they know. Absolutely. Lisa, I've always thought that a pushy horse isn't truest doing that. Okay, did I read that wrong? <laughs> I've always thought that a pushy horse isn't truest doing that in the way of thinking, in our way of thinking. Pushy horse. <laughs> I love that we both just stare <laughs> yeah. at it. Lisa, rewrite to yeah. help us. <laughs> yeah. Those ones, truly. Oh, truly. Oh. <laughs> okay. But, you know what? And my brain One could word. not even wrap up. I know. I was trying to think, is yeah. there another word? A horse is isn't truly doing that. that in our way of thinking. Very Absolutely good. right. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. That is so funny. So what did you hear about this thought process in it? Is the biggest thing we've nailed into you guys, if you've heard us before, is that the number one thing a horse needs to feel is safe. That is true in learning as well, right? And for horses and humans, Absolutely. but really think of it because here's the question you should be asking yourself and write this down. Is my environment safe for my horse? And how do you know? Mm. Because how do you know, unless you are understanding their culture, and what it is that a horse truly needs, not a human. They don't know if you have a security system. Yeah, and that's, no, and humans, <laughs> we are thinking the stalls and the blankets mm -hmm. and all that, but that's not the safe environment that we're talking of. What does a horse need to feel to feel safe? What does a horse need to feel to feel safe? Well, kind of like that. Well, yeah. Right? Because Still, here you have to feel it. It's a feel. A horse thinks in two different categories. One, who's going to kill me? And the other one is what's not going to kill me. So that's the way their brain is always thinking. That's the way that they're designed. That's the way that they're made. So how do you know your environment is safe? So really think about that and really take a look at where your horse is. Do they have another horse with them? Because mm -hmm. a horse 
cannot, they're not even made to be by themselves. Whether you have a dog or a goat or anything else, a horse knows that it's a goat or a dog. Like a horse knows that we are human. So even us sleeping with our horse every day and night, they, they still know that we are human. They are horse. So horse needs to have another horse. Do Are they able to go forge? I know in some areas, it's like BC. I know there's lots of places you, you can't because the space is She's not there. there. But yeah. then again, how are you encouraging that? that forging idea. Cause of course we can create those ways. You remember yeah. Mary in BC, she had a really cool, Oh, you weren't there. Carson came to me and she lives in BC. So she didn't have okay. much on her property, but they created it through like, you know, the, um, that, uh, the, that lectured fence. Okay. <laughs> I'm poking her. Yeah. Ew, that hurt. Yeah. But you know, it's just those little wires. So not like that major electric fence just those nice little wires the guiding room yeah yes. and they kind of created a path so that they can move and oh, eat that's because smart. that's what horses need to do yeah. horses don't just eat to gorge they can't because you see their condition and they're made that they have to run be ready to run at any given moment when something's going to come and eat them so that's why even in the wild they move 20 miles a day they eat they move they eat they move they don't sit and Even stand and gorge down right? yes so yes. having the feed bags and stuff up that's not how they function that way too you got to think about what does the head actually do when they're foraging too and allow them to paw and right those good pieces. so just kind of putting that in see how your place is and how that rolls for you and i agree those hay bags too like i have hay bags mm -hmm. well, not hay bags hay covers you, well, you got the nets, the round bales, you know, where yeah. the whole thing goes over, and but they have to start a little bit higher, but it does I go know, down. So they but still, it goes they down. They can still forge off. though. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, Carrie, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. But then I think, Ooh, Carrie, you can't afford to wait. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and I mean, there's still the opportunity for them to be a horse, right? Like yes. it's there. It's when the bags are always constantly up, it can actually create a lot of issues in their vertebrae and stuff like that as well. Yeah. And that will be another day for yeah. sure. But yeah. <laughs> so just kind of write that down from the horse's point of view, are they in a safe environment? So that was so, the number two point. And here's the cool thing about a safe environment is how does a horse get to know that something is safe? There's this whole idea behind desensitization, thinking that that we're allowing our horses <coughs> excuse me, to feel safe by desensitizing them. But that's not actually the fact of the matter. They don't need to have something like pushed on them until they finally accept it. They need to be able to be put into a place where they are curious, curious. about something. So now this is a really cool way of thinking too, because I mean, even the human brain, yes, you could, anything can become normal for a human, right? If you're in it long enough, that can become your normal and become something that you are desensitized to. Just like a horse flapping a bag around them nonstop for until they accept it, that can become normal to them that moment. But it doesn't mean that they are okay with it, no. right? It can add pressure, 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 mm -hmm. pressure, pressure, and then at one point the horse pops, booms, and people are like, oh, "I didn't see it coming." Well, right? You, you may have been able to, right? Yeah. However, if you allow them to be in a curious state, so they're actually coming in to figure out what the pieces are, that's what allows them to think and. Look at that fly one right at my face. <laughs> That's what allows them to think, like literally think it through to know if something's okay or not. And that's where that safety piece comes in because then they're choosing 
how they're going to do these pieces as well. And curiosity helps in the area of dopamine because yes. dopamine comes from what? Movement and rewards. Isn't that cool? And here is a parallel. We as humans, the same thing. If you're a couch potato, you will not receive no dopamine into your system. No. Dopamine is a happy a hormone. Like this and is it's just sitting there in your brain. It just, get used. it does, but there. go move to grab the water. Like movement is a huge piece to that dopamine. And through that curiosity, this is what helps our horses to be more stable with inside their own brain because they're, they're discovering they're allowed to be curious. Mm -hmm. So when they're allowed to be curious, they're getting that hit of dopamine, which is allowing their body to feel that's right. Yeah. Really good. So you see that's creating that safety idea. It's like a horse who doesn't want to be caught. Yeah. That's a huge reason. like, and people force themselves <clears throat> trying to catch these horses or people will use treats to get the horse. But you see, that's false. Yeah. When, and, and don't get me wrong. If you're a treater, I would never convince you to not treat your horse. That is a total your call. I don't treat horses just because the treat to me is always the release component. And now I'll go further because I like this yeah. dopamine thing. Yeah. But it's just you want the connection you want your horse to come to you that's because it, yeah because right. you're the safety you're you're the leader you're going to control the environment that we have pulled our horses away from we as humans took them from the wild we have made them domesticated but they haven't lost any of their instincts or who it is that they are so we're trying to create that beautiful way to help them to be in our world because we took them from their world yeah so now we have to learn in their world even though they're in our, our surroundings right yeah so that catching the horse though is a really good one it's a good one because you think about how is it going to go if you force the halter when people hide them i always think this and then yeah that's going to feel great <laughs> right but allowing them to be curious about the halter having their nose out thinking yeah. about things in a different way and actually feeling okay with that versus it being a forcing piece on it is really really essential to all of it too but it's like it's like us you can become addicted to learning because you get a dopamine hit you guys right now watching this as you learn more you're like yeah i get this now that makes sense you get that dopamine, dopamine. horses can get the same thing with that right so we want them to have that addicted to learning and okay with being curious yes. to move into things and check things out because then we're creating a positive expectation out of things versus pressure yeah. right sure. pressure is not going to that's Right. not going to get them to the right place. That's where they can pop eventually. Right. But we want to create a positive expectation that a horse can deal with. So they know something good could come out the other side rather than a fear place. Fear is a very, very different chemical coming into your brain that does not work quite as nicely as dopamine. No, but you know what? Dopamine can overtake the fear. And I think mm -hmm. that's in the hippothalamus. No, the hippocampus. Uh, uh, no. Hypothalamus. No, it starts with an A. Adrenal. <laughs> I love that you're going to keep a, like, guessing at this. No, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I wrote it down too because that one was interesting. Uh, a pellet? Oh no. Why would I even try to do that? Amy. Oh, Amadella. Amadella. That's where fear comes from. 
in the brain skin. It it's just it's just so 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 cool. But so anyways, so that cool. was a part of the point. So anyway, so, anyway. we want to give the the expectation of a positive reward on the other side. And this is what we do through, again, the memory. They have that stunning memory so that they're realizing that when I'm curious, dopamine, and then something comes out the other side where I'm not scared to death and everything's going to be okay. And then it's good. Yeah. Right. So that's the positive expectation that we want them to start to have versus flapping something so that they just accept it. Yeah. Right. Desensitization is very different than this whole idea of allowing them to be curious in a different way. Will it be more time consuming possibly? Yeah, probably. Yep. But you like, know what? Here's but, the beauty yeah. of our horse. And here is another point in which I didn't even think of. Through that, they actually allow us to just be in a moment. And I still mm -hmm. think that's the biggest gift that a horse gives us on this earth is being present. Because yeah, even though like Carolyn was saying, it's going to take longer for sure. But can you imagine living in the present for that long? Like, how yeah. cool is that? Because you're not thinking of making supper. And if you are, it's going to take longer because you got to be present with the horse as we're, we're doing this, right? So it's quite a lovely gift to be in present that long. Even the idea of having that kind of positive expectation relationship with your horse. How rewarding would that be is that you you would have that piece, right? You have that connection in a different way where you're not bringing out something that's going to kill them. They start to understand that whatever you're doing is a positive piece of it as well, right? You can be even a little hit of dopamine. Yeah. Right. Ooh, and it's all natural. This is, I tell you, very cool. What this beautiful brain can give living beings. There was another cool statement that I really liked is backing up is self-preservation. So when you think of a horse backing up, again, we'll go with the halter example. So you're coming at them with the halter and they're backing up in their brain. That is self-preservation, right? That's what they're doing to stay safe. When they are reaching out in curiosity, they aren't in that same place of self-preservation. Mm. They're, what is this? Let's find out more looking for that positive piece at the end of it. So it's a completely different impact that the memory is even making in their brain because they're not going to a self-preservation place. They're going to, oh, what is that? That's a holy jumping tune, right? Page, my friends, I love that one. It widens the so, window of tolerance. Ooh, Baka Jotaka. Okay, are we done in this area? Yeah, okay, so we got two more things to kind of just bring to your attention. But if we don't get to the two, we can always come back to them. I, I think but, I could talk about this forever. Oh, and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've asked Dr. Steve, Steve if he would actually come on and do a live with us. So we yeah. haven't heard back yet. Oh, we should tell him about on his book too. Oh, we're very here. excited about this one. As or well. should we do it after? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. At the end. So you guys so have to stay. <laughs> here's another cool thing because again, we facilitate with our clients and with the horses being teachers. So when we do our step in, we only step in when the horse is telling us to step in. Okay. So it could be something, <gasps> it could be something so so, and it could be something absolutely beautiful. These are teaching moments that allow them to again. Ask that open-ended question to our client to what it is that they think or what it is that they feel. So what will happen even in our arena? And we want to say the right verbiage. We want to use the language of what the horse is brain is doing versus us putting a human thought or feel to it's it. It's like trying to teach somebody that understands Spanish in English. Yeah. Right? Like if you spoke Spanish and I speak English and I'm trying to teach you math. Yeah. Imagine Ooh. how it's gonna go, right? I can't teach math in English to an right? English person, right? That's, that's you gotta that's speak a the good language. One. You gotta speak the language. I like that a lot. 
So what will happen in, with licking and chewing, we get this quite a mm -hmm. bit. Now, I have heard and, and read many things on the licking and chewing before. And most times when we had stepped in, we would say, oh my gosh, do you see what JR is doing? And they'll say, ooh, and I'll say, so she's licking and chewing right now. Do you know what that would, would mean? And of course, your your people, your clients, most people wouldn't because they're non-horse yeah, people. Hungry. Yeah, some, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Some could throw it. He's hungry. So what we used to say in the olden days is, you know, he's just processing that that moment because now we, which I guess. Thinking it through. Yeah, thinking it through. And it still is kind of the same, but it's different now. Yeah, it's not so, wrong, but it's not completely right. So what happens when that licking and chewing happens? They're going to the cranial nerve, number nine, just so you know. They're bringing the uh, saliva saliva back into their mouth so they've been dry they've been tight okay so whatever was out in the arena or working with your horse tight dry now they got to go to that again cranial nerve and they bring that into their mouth when they're bringing it in now the saliva is coming in now they're feeling better so they're they're licking and chewing so here is now how we're going to help our clients to understand that as well is when they're licking and chewing, giving them that idea of what they're needing in their mouth. We need it to, I have this happen to me in dance all the time. My mouth is dry as a popcorn fart. And when I smile, my, my lip is totally <laughs> stuck. stuck to my top because my mouth is so dry. But then as I breathe and start working through it, you see I'm starting to process everything that's happening then I can get some saliva back into my mouth yeah. again and actually look like a normal human being out on the dance floor. But when they are licking and chewing, we want them to be able to have that moment to allow that process that did just happen. So they were doing something tight. There was nothing happening. Then they start licking and chewing. You see how that horse has changed their body. Now we can allow that client to Tell us, what do you think happened throughout that piece that now your horse is getting to this looking and chewing? So they're going to tell us something. Now, the one thing we want to now have our clients do is no touching the horse. Because you see, when a horse is looking and chewing, this allows them to strengthen the learning. So no matter what you're doing, a discipline, riding, a, working on the ground, it doesn't matter. But when they're licking and chewing, they're actually getting strengthened in that learning that they just did. But if we're touching them mm -hmm. and moving them and doing things immediately, we're not allowing them to have that moment to actually process it. So it really is very important to leave the horse. I mean, not literally, but don't be all over the horse. Let the horse have this reflection time before you start touching your horse because he's going to retain that beautiful information longer and quicker because you see it's a regular that you're allowing the horse to take his time that he needs to do that processing yes absolutely does that make sense i think so um from laura here wow i've watched monty roberts join up sessions but this makes so much sense now it's good to see the whys where it all comes together right and scott i think wrote something but i can't see your whole thing so i'll have to comment on it, it doesn't show me the whole thing just the very kind of end of it here but um, you've always had, the part I can see is you've always had horses and people um, always looked after them for you. 
<laughs> oh. I don't believe you're straight, but no, we've, we've always looked after our own horses and I haven't had the horses my entire life either. I mean, you, well, neither did you, but, uh, you started a lot earlier than I did with the horse thing, but no, we do, we do look after our own horses and we constantly try to continue to gain the knowledge so we can make sure we're doing it in the best way possible. So hopefully that's with everything you said, but I'll, I'll read it after and make sure I comment. Back. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, and you know, I've always said too, I think I could be a hundred and I will die still not knowing. No. All there is Never. to know about horses. This is why it's so exciting when your path connects you to the experts in what they know about how a horse thinks, acts, and responds. Because the more we can keep playing on the horse's world, their culture, and in their language, it helps them to be in that safer environment because we as the humans are actually really trying to understand what it is that they're doing. I mean, even take a look at horsemanship. Mm -hmm. Over the last That's 10 changed. years, it's changed extra exponentially huge from what was done before. I remember uh, uh, Robin Schiller. She had, come to get, she had come to get certified, and this is Wart Schiller's wife. And at one point as we were going through the training, I looked at her, and I'm like, is this like a little like out there for you? She goes, oh, no. She goes, this all is falling mm -hmm. into place because what Wart does now he completely changed from this to connection and communication that this is making logical sense even to again human brain and he's another good one to check out too with that uh i'm gonna uh she's poly uh polyvagal thank you polyvagal yeah. theory too. yeah that's a really Polyvagal well. Warwick Schiller. Yeah. There's just so many amazing people out there. And so many ways to learn. And that, oh, I wanted to show you this is evidence based horsemanship. And that's with Dr. Stephen Peters and Martin Black, who I believe is Ray Hunt's son. Right? I forget. I think so. I forget. Um, sorry if that's wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but the really cool thing is, is that this is them literally out with the horses and doing years and years of studying, watching how this actually works, and then taking the neuroscience piece and putting it all together. So we uh, we just got We're very excited. About I it. love him. Like, yeah. I do. I just think it's so cool. And I'm not even a nursey, doctory kind of human being. But the more I get in what is real and true in the horse's brain, that to me helps being a better facilitator to help humans to be able to move forward because we're actually talking their language instead of using our human language. So here's the last one is the yawning. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you don't know what you don't know until you do know. So, of course, every time our horses do the yawns in the arena with our non-horse people, our clients, you know, there's a step in to, again, ask them, so what do you think that means? And again, your clients are going to give you all kinds of different things. Uh, he's bored. Uh, he's hungry. Tired. He's tired. So all of these things. And we were just allowing that process to happen because we didn't know what we didn't know until we did know. And you saying as well, it's a nice release that the horse is now giving. Okay. But yawns are actually very particular. Like you can't put a yawn into uh, making it a blanket statement and what it means for everything except for the factual piece. So the factual piece of a yawn is a horse is going to its opioid system. What does an opioid system do? That's right. You feel good. Now we work with drug addicts. Well, any kind of addict. Yeah. Yeah. They can yeah. Be 
any kind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's with Perhaps. the Calgary Dream Center. It's an yeah. intake center. So we work in the addictions area, helping their clients to be able to implement all of their learning into what they're learning at the Calgary yeah, Dream Center. To reintegrate back into everyday life after addiction. Absolutely. So of course, now that we know what we know, instead of asking what we used to, now I'll step in to say, hey, because the horse is yawning, I'll say, do you know what the horse is doing? And they'll say, yeah, it looks like he's yawning. I'll say, you know, it's not like a human. It's not, you know, with that boring idea or I'm tired idea. The horse is actually going into their opioid system. And of course you ask an addict, what will that do for you? They'll say, oh yeah, that's yeah. the good stuff, right? Yeah, but the real stuff. The real stuff. <laughs> yeah, the healthy, natural the stuff. stuff. Yeah. And of course we always joke about that. But then we help them now understand why are they doing, why did they go to their opioid system to get that so they can release through the yawns? Because then they get that droopy lip and of course that dopamine is feeling really good, right? So it's interesting to help them to understand that when they came out to first be with the horses, remember humans, we do a lot of thinking and we've got our intuition as well, but Sometimes we're not on the same page with it. So all of that energy goes to our horses. So we don't know who's coming in fear, anxiety, any of the stuff that they're carrying with them. Well, our horses are, of course, reacting even to the grooming component mm -hmm. of the exercises. And one thing we always do, we always ask them, why do you think we untie our horses? Because we always untie horses when we're grooming and working with them. And they'll say, well, I'm not sure. And I'll say, what's the number one thing a horse needs to feel? They're going to say safe. And I'll say, so this is the safest place a horse can be when they have an, an exit. And I'll say, is it important to you as a human to have an exit? And they all be say, yes. <laughs> so they're starting to understand that, that piece. So then when we're talking about the yawns, we want them to understand they came out with a lot of stress. Not that we're going to say that. We're going to ask them those questions to help them to understand yes. that they went into this horse. They had their stuff. Then as they started to feel more at ease in the presence of the horse, they started to feel better. The horse, of course, had that stressor, had to go to the opioid. Now you see everybody's at a much better place because of it. Yeah. So it's a longer way to have to help our clients. But in turn, because our goal is the learning has to uh, move from the arena to their real life. Like we can't have the learning sticking. No, they have to be able to apply it, right? That's why there's a skill or an objective. If you learn a skill, but you can't apply it, that doesn't do them a whole lot of good. No, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, everything has to be brought back to everyday life. Well, I'm like, now my brain is tired. <clears throat> yeah, right? That's a lot. Because I'm still words, trying to yeah. still <laughs> remember all of these words and it's beautiful. Like, I mean, we got notes, we got books, and of course, we're going to keep working as much as we can with him because it's just so phenomenal that I, and I agree with you, Laura, this is when things now, like it's a puzzle. They're, they're starting to make more logical sense. And to us as humans, I think it really helps us when the puzzles do start yeah. connecting. And I was going to try to show the picture of the brain. So you oh. can see some sizing factor. Oh yeah, that's pretty here, good. Right? Isn't that cool? Anyway. Hey, Jen, how are you doing? Yes. Isn't this great info? I just love 
this stuff. I'm just yeah. tired. I, so then I we tired take all now. of this in and then we figure out, okay, how do we put this all into the certification? <laughs> I keep adding days. <laughs> it's it's seriously, seriously, soon our certification is going to be one year. Yeah. Be certified. Yeah, exactly. Keep gathering all the info and then we try to figure out how to get it all in there. Too. Oh but, my goodness gracious. But if anything, I hope that it has helped in you know, even a small way to understand who that horse is of yours and even other horses that we see mm -hmm. anywhere. Cause my brain, I know even when we drive, it's always like, Oh, that horse is alone. Yeah, or, Oh, look at that field. Yeah. There's lots of horses. Like, it's funny how <laughs> we so turn react. Kids, ponies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's Still, ridiculous. Yeah. After all of these years of horses and everything else, driving, like, ponies, look yeah. at them. <laughs> where, where were we driving? Montana, wasn't it? No, this last, we, oh, we went out to Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan still, we're bush. driving back, oh, look at the horses. <laughs> we're on horses every day. No, <laughs> seriously, yeah. but you know, cause the welfare of the horse, you're always looking out for other people's horses as yeah. well. So we do hope that this has definitely helped and I love this book. I hope you get it too. Well, how much was it? It wasn't that expensive. I forget. We just got it off of Amazon. 17, 17 US. 17. So I think it was like 19 or something Canadian. Okay. But yeah, and it came in like a day. It was awesome. What? Yeah. So now we just are very excited about reading it. Yeah. And look at it. It's got big print. Now big print. for a girl like me being so you older, don't have to go like this. I <laughs> like big print. Yeah. But it's, uh, and it's interesting because it's from the different perspectives too, because it's got the two the horseman guy and then the doctor guy and exactly. bringing all the perspectives together to see what that evidence-based horsemanship looks like. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited about it. Okay, everyone. Oh, what book is that? Oh, we'll do it one more time. Evidence-based horsemanship, Dr. Stephen Peters and Martin Black. And that's Dr. Stephen Peters was one of the speakers at our conference. Oh, we loved our conference. It was yeah, so, so much fun. Yeah, it was amazing. So okay. hopefully this all helped you guys and we will see you next week. We've got, well, we've got a lot of info coming at you oh, next week too. Some more horsey, great, amazing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Whole bunch of, well, just the next little while is just going to be an information dump. It, it really <laughs> yeah. is. Cause why not? Again, if we all help each other globally around the world, look at what a better job we're doing for these sentient beings who yes. do so, so much for us poor, confused human yeah, beings, right? right? So Jen, I love that. Uh, you're very welcome, everybody who's saying thank you. That's so sweet. And then Jen says, thanks, ladies. Can't wait to take your course. We can't wait to see you there. Aw. Very excited. Thanks, everyone. Have you're a welcome. wonderful day. Okay, bye. Have an amazing day with your pony pony. <laughs>